never thought I'd say this, but I'm uh, indebted to France today. <laughs> I'm deeply indebted to the government and the people of France. They have given me a marvelous honor and opportunity to, uh, in their name, to confer an honor on a very special person and citizen of this state. And so uh, I appreciate very much Consul General Mand Boissier, um, who was unable to be here, was called away on government business, or would otherwise be uh, making this presentation here, but uh, personally himself. And France has done uh, all of us and any Hoosier who hears about this event, I think, a great favor too, because they have enabled us um, or even forced us to remind ourselves of the incredible debt we owe to very, very special people and perhaps the most special generation along with the founding generation that ever lived in this country. And to remind us to thank them and learn from them while they are with us, which mercifully and happily many of them still are. Um, those, any, uh, anyone here who has been present at either Memorial Day uh, remembrances or um, the funerals of some of our fallen soldiers know that this is a subject I uh, rarely talk about without having to stop once or twice. Maybe today will be different. But I just think any American who doesn't choke up a little bit isn't a little bit emotional at least in thinking back about the sacrifices and the hardships, the bravery, um, and the cost of the freedom that we sometimes treat so cavalierly now. I think anybody who doesn't have a little bit of a tug on their emotions on occasions like this needs to think harder about it. There was a uh, movie and book not long ago, We Were Soldiers Once and Young. I thought that was such an interesting title because um, when we read about, think about, usually see movies about the Second World War, um, most of the actors tend to be grown-ups, grizzled people in their adult years. But if you really look at the history, huge majority of those who saved the world from fascism, um, preserved our freedoms, were not grown up at all. General George Marshall, who was, the, of course, the legendary chief of staff and later secretary of state, but the chairman of the Joint Chiefs during the war, once said, uh, we won the war with a secret weapon the best damn kids in the world. Uh, Charles Kemp was one of those kids. He was 19 years old, if I read the bio right, when he went to basic training. He might have been 20, not clear. He was either 19 or 20 when he landed on Utah Beach. And he was not yet old enough to vote or drink, I guess, at that time. Drink. Yeah. <laughs> Legally, Charles, legally. Um, when, as a member of the 
George Patton's legendary Third Army. He was among the first dispatched to the rescue of Bastogne and the salient and the Ardennes Forest in what became known as the Battle of the Bald, really the last great battle um, and the one that ensured uh, the death of Hitler and his tyranny. I've been visiting with Charles and um, I've, as I've had this experience in before with other great men of his era, he's as humble about what he did as he could be. And um, what is so remarkable about him and people like him is how unremarkable they find their own achievements. And in a way that's right, because what he did was done by literally millions. Not all with quite the degree of heroism that he displayed, but all were willing to undertake the same risks and of course many uh, were left behind because of the risks that they took. Uh, he married Margie uh, in the year after his discharge. I learned a little about this a few minutes ago. This was pretty interesting. He said she kept me waiting a year. And Margie said, yeah, well, he, he came home fresh from bossing all these people around. I wanted him to understand it wasn't going to be like that in our house. <laughs> well, well yeah, I'm, I'm married, Margie, I understand. <laughs> he might have been the platoon sergeant over there, but uh, he came home and there was a second lieutenant in the house. So. <laughs> Margie herself is an interesting story. She is Rosie the Riveter, the famous legendary uh, character on the posters. But I, I, I guess that Margie said she brought a little bit of a stake to the marriage, bought the first furnace. And uh, sure enough, she had earned that money doing what millions of women did, really the first uh, most direct participation of women in the American workforce, one of the great strengths of this country now, is that we use our woman power in a way that most countries don't. And Margie was in was a um, sort of on the beachhead there, just as Charles was at Utah Beach. It is uh, with it is completely accurate in my opinion. It's not hyperbole when, like Tom Brokaw's, in Tom Brokaw's usage, we call this the greatest generation. Again, along with maybe with the founders, these, these people distinguish themselves. If we can use that loose term of a generation, no age cohort um, other maybe than the founders ever did more for America. They lived through and surmounted the Depression, won the Second World War, and were the leadership of this country uh, in, uh, when the Cold War was won. So it's a tremendous honor and treat for me to be able, on behalf of the grateful people of France, to officially present the Legion of Honor to, uh, to Charles and, um, and to uh, say once again that uh, France does all of us a favor by reminding us this afternoon of our own debt to you. Charles, thank you for everything, and through you, I thank everybody like you. Thank, thank you, sir. You. There you go. Thank you. You want to say a word or two?
That's enough. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Governor, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, j just a couple remarks here. Well, number one. Every one of you is invited across the street to Cafe Patachu, where they will serve you a cake and a drink or whatever you might want. Well, you just go over there and, and have it, and I'll look for you over there. I'd like to uh, mention, too, uh, Scott and John, who was at the house this morning. What a wonderful story it was in the paper this morning. I'm looking for the same thing this evening <laughs> on television. <laughs> I am truly humbled. I, I truly am. <laughs> For those in, your, in my Sunday school class, you know, I, it's not hard to bring me to tears. <laughs> but uh, in my battalion, there were 750 men. And of that group, 73 gave their all, or 10%. In my platoon, there was 21 men, and 18 of them are gone. There's only three of us left. So it, um, this, this is a, a truly thankful affair. And uh, the fellows that have gone on, many of them, and, and I, I just mentioned this, one fellow in particular had five tanks knocked out from under him. And each time he'd go back. And he was wounded very severely the last time. And now those are the real heroes the real heroes, and I was just fortunate enough to be picked. And uh, on the lighter side, somebody asked me, well, how, how did you, this come about? And I said, well, in uh, Paris, they have this big map of the United States, and they have all these soldiers' names on the map, and every Monday morning they throw darts. <laughs> I, I really don't know uh, how I was chosen. It uh, come about, I think, seven or eight years ago. But anyhow, thank you all, and... Please, oh, one other thing. Maggie Band, this lady back here, she has been a gem in my life. Take a picture of that lady. <laughs> I, I, haven't asked, I haven't asked for one earthly thing that she said, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. And she has. So thank you very much, Maggie Band. And with that, I say thank you, sir. Congratulations, Charles. Thank you very, very thank much. Thank you.